there's a feistiness very present today very feisty energy and we're having this moment being present with this energy this feeling of being feisty and attempting to become the observer of our thoughts and how the thoughts are triggering the energy so there are lots of thoughts being experienced by the mind stories a focus on what feels like all the wrong things in life whether that's personally or collectively these thoughts are not in the present these thoughts conjure up experiences from the past that conjure up that feisty energy these thoughts conjure up futurized visions of things that would make us feel feisty and so we're observing these thoughts to give it some context it's like having this moment of just thinking of like all the things that are wrong all of the things that we are judging and there's such an inner conflict there's dissonance around that because there are some defined lines that feel present for ourselves defined lines boundaries for example there's a fine line around judging child abuse around judging violence especially to children and though we have heard many wisdom keepers different traditions methodologies teachings don't judge good or bad that somehow it is within that child's destiny and that parent's destiny that they are in that experience and to intervene in that experience because there's a judgment that that is wrong and we just cannot reconcile not being in judgment of that because it seems to be the root of so much suffering so we have a judgment on parents who think that they can be violent towards their children who think that they have the right to be abusive and cause pain to children and feel that that defined line that boundary compels us in advocacy to continue to say that truth and if that means that we're not fully enlightened or that we're judging well that's just the era we're in until it's not but the only time we feel like it would not be to be an advocacy of ending violence against children by their parents is when it no longer exists and what does it mean to be an advocate because there's probably folks who would agree with this but yet wouldn't necessarily say anything in intervention if they saw it done in their own family or saw it done to a child in a store to at least attempt to let that child know in some way that they don't have to be hurt by the people that they are supposed to love or be loved by 
and that if they're not okay and they don't feel safe in their own home, it's okay to say that. And it's okay to say that to someone who could help you. The thing is, is that there's risk in taking a stance. There's risk in approaching a child who's clearly being abused by a parent and letting them know that it's not okay. Clearly, that would be very triggering to the abuser. And so there's risk in advocacy. Even taking this time in this podcast to speak to this, some would say is risky. You might lose listeners. You might incite comments. But again, if we take on the role of advocate, that means taking on risk on the behalf of those we are advocating for. It's a very personal choice. And it can be a characteristic of an advocate to get feisty at times and to have an appreciation for this feisty energy that can become present when we step into spaces of advocacy. What's interesting about this message being guided has been to allow space for that advocacy to continue to be shared. It's an important part of this journey, our own personal journey. And that it's okay to talk about child abuse more publicly, more openly, because that is how we're going to be able to decrease its existence. To talk about it more openly with parents who are under the misunderstanding that this is something that you can do, that there's no other way. And to talk more openly, be like, no, no, there are other ways. There are other ways to try. But what that doesn't give that parent is their ability to project and abuse their own emotions onto another, onto their child. There's a lot of stressed out parents out there that that's how they do it. That's how they get their stress release. And they need that stress release. They need to take their feelings and frustrations out. And usually it goes out onto someone who may have triggered or done a mistake or not even know that something was wrong. And therefore then that parent feels justified. One time we observed a parent at a park and this parent had a little one, two, maybe three, still in that like teetery type walk, but so excited that it can walk. So just kind of like bolting around as much as it can because it can finally be mobile. And this little one was so excited to be at the park to start stomping around walking around and it had been rainy and so there was uh, muddy grass at the park and this parent was walking behind and you could just tell they were exhausted because it is exhausting 
parenting is exhausting and you lose a lot of your capacities, especially something like tolerance, patience. Oftentimes there can be tensions in the relationship of the parents who just had this child. It's all sorts of things happening within the parent. What was interesting is that this parent told this little one who was excited to get a chance to run around, don't go in the mud because you'll get your shoes dirty. And this child had a very cute outfit on and these little sneakers that didn't look dirty very much. And that request wasn't really registered by this little one. More likely there just was not the understanding, but the parent continued to say, don't go in the mud, you'll get your shoes dirty. Don't go in the mud, you'll get your shoes dirty. But the problem is there was mud everywhere and they were at a park. But they increasingly got frustrated until finally there was an outburst and this parent grabbed the little one by the arm, pulled away and got down and said very aggressively right in their face, I told you not to walk in the mud. You will get your shoes dirty. To then which the little one started to cry out of frustration, shock, whatever that little one was experiencing after being yanked away for a reason not probably very clear. And then as we all know, the meltdown occurs on both sides. And the parent picked up the little one. It's like, that's it. We're going home right now. You're getting your shoes dirty. And they left the park. And the little one was very upset. And the parent was very upset. Now, if you take someone to a park, and the point of the park is to run around in the grass, it's a given that the shoes are going to be dirty. It's inevitable. So the contemplation is what was really going on with that parent. And though there can be speculation that it would be lots of different things, the behavior to observe is what was done about those own emotions. Where were those emotions being channeled, expressed? And how do we have evolved conversations around that experience as parents? Let's invite more parents to that conversation and not from a place of judgment, but from a place of advocacy, from a place of evolution. Let's evolve as humanity where we deprogram from a very young age that violence is something that we should keep teaching. What happens to humanity if we remove that lesson? Thank you for being in this conversation with us about nonviolent parenting. This is Deep Dose and we are Eden.